1: 365. Verge 365 starts right now. Welcome to the NFL. Let's go! Let's go! Let's go! go! Let's go.
3: And a good morning to you, Birds fans. It is officially two, not two and two, just two weeks until Eagle Training Camp opens up. And we're here to help get you ready for it. We'll be here every single day up until uh, two Tuesdays from now when, yes, the Birds will officially report for the 2022 season. That's what we're talking about here on Birds 365 on the Jacob Media YouTube channel. All right, I'll get it out of the way. Hit that like button. Since you're already on, uh, we'll, and yeah. we'll build up a number of you over. But since you're one of the early lights, hopping in right at the start of the show, do the right thing. Be heard. Hit that like button for McMullen and McDonald. Uh Johnny Mac, how you doing this morning?
4: I'm doing well, Jody. How are you? How's Mrs. Mac? Mrs. That's Mac more important. Uh,
3: getting better, still in the contagious state. So uh, still keeping my distance from my better half. Uh, but uh, hopefully today, tomorrow, uh, sometime soon. Uh, She'll come out of that contagious state. But she's feeling well. Thank you for asking. All right. uh, One of the things I've been doing while banished to my basement has been (laughs) reading a lot of John McMullen over these past 24 hours on several different outlets. You keep busy, buddy. I got to give you props. Uh, First things first, at Jacob Sports, uh, last week, uh, over the weekend, you uh, hit all the key offensive skill positions, quarterback, running back, wide receiver. Tight end, your latest missive, and we all know Dallas got it as numero uno, and uh, the question is, can he be a Pro Bowl, All Pro, first team? It's gonna be difficult
5: yeah. when you've got a Kelsey yeah.
3: and a Kittle in the league. Uh, cracking that kind of duo is gonna be difficult, but he can absolutely make make the Pro Bowl this year. It's his and his alone. Last year he shared time, of course, with uh, Zach Ertz at the beginning of the season after Ertz was traded. Uh, It certainly became Goddard's position. Uh, And, oh, by the way, he was rewarded with a nice contract extension. So he's here to stay for a while um, with the Philadelphia Eagles. How big is big? How big a season can Dallas Goddard have?
4: Well, I, you know, I've already gone on record that uh, if you ask me, and And we're doing it at Sports Illustrated, the best football players on the Eagles. To me, my answer right away is Dallas Goddard, the best pure football player right now for the build up Eagles. Not about what you've done in the past. Obviously, Jason Kelsey's more accomplished. Lane Johnson, veteran players like that, Fletcher Cox. Um, you know. Jordan Davis has tremendous potential. Uh, you're a big Nicobe Dean guy. I'm not talking about potential; I'm talking about a combination of both. Uh, he's one of the best players in football at his position. You mentioned I would throw in Mark Andrews. Those are the only three peers he has in my eyes. And mm-hmm. you know, people people talk about Kyle Pitts and Mike Kosicki. They're receivers, man. They don't they don't block. This is an old school tight end, uh, and there are certain guys. Travis Kelsey, number one um, by far, as one of the best, you know, pass receiving tight ends of all time already. You know he's so good, you kind of uh, overlook the the other aspect of it. But the other guys, Kittle and Andrews, they're both very old school as well, and the fact that they can do both. There aren't a lot of those guys. There are not. They're becoming an endangered species. And Dallas Goddard is one of them. He's really good at both. He's so good at blocking to the point I often think about, man, he's too good because you you, you waste him in line and you probably rather have him outside as a receiver. Um, but you don't have anybody else to replace what he gives you as a blocker in line. Uh, he's just, Really, really good. So I'm not going to sit here and say he's going to be an all-pro because, as you mentioned, it's going to be really difficult to get past those three names. And, well, you gave me two, and I added Mark Andrews. But, I mean, there's one all-pro. There's one tight end, and that's why it's so difficult. He's really, really good, and he's one of the best football players on this team. And if you want to argue he's not the best, he's certainly at worst, I mean, anybody who doesn't have him in the top five, isn't paying attention.
3: I agree wholeheartedly with that. Um, All right, let me annoy Eagle fans to start your show today. It is never my want, but uh, sometimes that's the way that the cookie crumbles. Speaking of crumbling, uh, week one, Dallas Goddard, torn MCL. Oh, Gone for the season. Yeah,
4: that's bad news. That is bad news.
3: And the Eagles, there's certainly a drop-off after Dallas Goddard, uh, but it comes in quality, not quantity. They got a whole bunch of tight ends on this roster, John. Uh, Everybody's going to get their puncher's chance if Dallas Goddard goes down. They're not lacking for options. The question is, how would you rank? How would you rate all of the options? And there are plenty that are on this roster, more so than most. I know it's a 90 man roster, but it seems to me like they got more tight ends than most teams in the National Football League under contract right now. How do you line up the other tight ends behind Dallas Cotter?
4: Well, we, we you know, Tyree Jackson's not going to be ready uh, for the start of, of training camp. And uh, Jimmy Kamsky got, so we knew that was going to happen. He tore his ACL um in week 18 so that's a nine-month injury do the math he's not going to be ready on july 26 that game was on i believe january 8th uh so he's going to start on the pup list um and hat tip to jimmy kemsky for that our buddy um you know y- you mentioned there's a drop-off i would argue you know it's like walking off you know the grand canyon that's the drop-off from Dallas Goddard to Jack Stoll, who would, in theory, uh, be the number two tight end. It was last year when the Eagles traded Zach Ertz right before the trade deadline. And he could block a little bit, and he's okay. Certainly not going to scare anybody uh, throwing the football So uh, in the passing game. So that, you know, that, that harms you in this way, you know, Jody. You, you kind of tip off and you never like to do that as an offense when you have certain personnel packages. Well, if Jack Stoll's in the game, they're going to run the football. You never want to let other people know that. Uh, so you hope to have more of a a balanced And that's where Grant Calcaterra comes in. And everybody talks about Grant like he's a second-round pick. and I don't know, around the Eagles. Okay, he was a good prospect at one point at Oklahoma. And he was on a trajectory to be maybe a day-two pick, maybe a third-rounder. And he had a a series of concussions and walked away from the game. I mean, you can't go into a season counting on a six-round pick. And I know we have this discussion about pedigree and yes, it should be a meritocracy, and if he deserves it, he should be out there. No argument with that whatsoever. But to count on somebody as a six-round pick, and you're saying, well, you liked them so much you kept passing on them. Now, granted, you traded all your picks, but you still had the ability uh, to get them earlier if you wanted them earlier. So it's not like you're head over ears, heels with grand Calcaterra, and they act like, oh, well, we'll stick in grand Calcaterra. It wouldn't surprise me, Jody, if if the tight end, too, isn't even on this roster right now. This is a position where they might like look outside the organization if things go poorly in training camp. And I'm talking right, labor right, right, right. wire. I'm talking
3: the, trade. The, 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 the timeout Philadelphia. Are you telling me Rich Rod is not a competent replacement tight end? You tell no. me that J.J. Arcega-Whiteside- Conversion to the That's tight end position you. isn't going to get it done. Are you telling me? Well, that actually, knowing you know, the guy, the guy who they got crazy about having picked off their roster a couple of years ago and then re signing him, getting him back here is not the answer. Are you yeah. telling me, Jack stole They have six tight ends in reserve already. Not one of them's good enough to be the TE2? No,
4: one of them might be. And they'll get the opportunity. But I'm saying there's just as good of a chance that they prove that they're not good enough to be the tight end, too. And they'll start looking outside the building. That's what I'm saying. I'm saying it wouldn't surprise me. They'll get an opportunity. And I think the Tyree Jackson injury is is a difficult one from that perspective. I, I think they would have liked him to take that leap. And maybe he doesn't take that leap. If he's healthy, maybe. I mean, he's a raw developmental prospect. Maybe he doesn't take that leap, either. They got a lot of uncertainty. The one guy who you know who can play, you can stick him out there and he's going to be credible, as you mentioned, is Rich Rich Rod. Richard Rodgers always, when they got it, but they never want to put him out there. They don't. They they, start last. You know, he's not athletic. He can't run. He's an average blocker. But guess what? Average at everything is their second best tight end right now.
3: And it seems to me when they throw him the football, he catches it. Oh, he yeah. Gets, He's got he great gets heads. enough separation. He gets open. He catches balls. Um, I, I, they, was don't actually, want to they don't want I to was play him. I was surprised that they even re signed him. Um, I, when they had as many tight ends as they did on the roster, I said, well, they're not going to bring Rich Rod back. And they did. And at times we talk about the concept, oh, they have already got their whole 90 man roster ninety-man roster with eight tight ends, <laughs> but John's telling me that none of them were good enough to be their tight end. Too, they might have to go no, outside. I these... said I get in trouble when people twist my words. Yet I got in trouble right. yesterday. Please, for please that. state
4: again. I said they did... will get. You know they're penciling in Jack Stoll and Grant Calcaterra. All right. I'm just saying, if you want to be, if you want to be real with yourself, I'm not comfortable going into a season. Where my backup tight end, and if Dallas Goddard has a torn MCL, as you mentioned, I'll get you in trouble. Um, and you're going to go to Jack Stoll and say, hey, go play 80% of the snaps. That's going to be ugly, my friend. And Grant Calcaterra, I don't know what Grant Calcaterra is. I don't know what. I mean, if he gets banged up, if he gets concussion, is he going to be shut down for the season? I don't know. I'm saying that that when you look at the depth of this team, tight end might be the worst position and, and and they might be the best at the starter
3: and the worst in depth. Uh, fair enough. Uh, my only point is that for a team to divorce themselves from a tight end, uh, one of the other 31 teams in the national football league has to be at least their third best tight end. They're going to keep their two best tight ends of all those tight ends that are going to hit the open market. You think the Eagles have no guys on their roster that are better than the guy who's going to get cut by Denver? I'm not, I'm, not saying they won't, I'm not saying they won't get an opportunity. They'll
4: get an opportunity to prove themselves, but I'm saying they'll be open. Look, the Jets signed two tight ends, your team. I forget. You might remember. I know they signed Conklin. They signed another one. They drafted one. I'll tell you right off the bat, they got a better third tight end. That's the first team I thought of, because I said, "Wow, they signed a, a couple decent guys, and then they drafted another tight end." Um, there's a lot of teams who have a number of good tight ends, and you know, if you can, if you can spin off a sixth, seventh round pick late in the process, and get an upgrade. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, this team thinks it's good, and you want depth. And that's it. Hey, Grant Calcaterra might show up and prove he's the kid in Oklahoma. And they go, we're good. We're good. I'm saying I can't count on that. I think that's
3: a specious way to go about things. Okay. Uh, yeah, Ty Conklin and uh, Ozama, the Cincinnati tight end. Yeah, that's pretty good. And then they drafted somebody on top of it. I right, think, you know? uh, Ruckert, uh, yeah. kid in the third round. So yeah, you're you're right. the The Jets may actually have to cut cut a tight end that would be better than the Eagles have. All right, and the other uh, John uh, McMullen missive I did read was your piece on uh, Nicobe Dean. Man, you're not giving this kid a chance to play this year, are you? Um, I think,
4: I think. No, I think he could play in the second half of the season. And I'll know better on July 27th if he's healthy. But that's number one. That's the first hurdle I got to get over. Is he healthy? Is is the Peck? The Peck is a short-term injury. I never got why teams were scared off by the Peck um, because worst case scenario, we're talking, you know, six, eight weeks. All right. Okay, that's fine maybe second half of the season. So that's first hurdle. The bigger hurdle is, you know, I think the assumption is that there's no ramp up period for good college players. And there's there's a ramp up player. And the ones who tend to 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 hit the ground running are just the freak athletes in the the Micah Parsons of the world going back to last season. But, you know, if you watch the film, you'll see a boatload of mistakes from Micah Parsons. He's just so much more talented than everybody else. He overcomes it. I went through the same thing. I talk about it all the time, covering Randy Moss. He couldn't run in three three patterns. I mean, he, he, he had plenty to learn, but he was so much better than everybody else. Didn't matter. He had 15 touchdowns. Jamar Chase a little bit the same way last year in that. You know, we, we heard about the drops. i remember last August, the oh, drops yeah. and Jamar Chase and, uh, you know, how, how much he's struggling. Guess what? He dropped the football. He struggled, but he's so much better than everybody else. Didn't matter. Javon Kirsten, another one back in the day. It's ironic because what are the nicknames of Javon and Randy Moss? Freak, both of them. Freak, 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 freak. All four of them. All four of those players I just mentioned. Those are the players that make immediate splashes everybody else. And, and I use the example ESPN just uh, did their top 10 list or they, they evaluated league executives and scouts and came up with the top 10 list and the all ball linebackers. So there's 10 linebackers, five were in the first round, five were later round picks. There were two third round picks. One of them, I would argue is the best linebacker in football. And that to me is Fred Warner. Fred Warner. Yeah. Uh, to Mario Davis, who, you know, well as a former jet was yep. the other one. Yeah. He hell of a player, by the way, uh, getting a little bit older, but then I looked into Fred Warner, Fred Warner didn't hit the, you know, hit the ground running. He, he struggled as a rookie. He turned into a star's third year. Um, Demario Mario Davis turned into stars fifth year, really. Um, I'm just saying it takes time. Uh, people are, are are saying, "All right, that's done." I I I don't agree with that. I don't agree with that. It's going to take time. So the first hurdle is injury, the peck. Where are we? Because just because the Eagles said what they said, he didn't. He barely did anything in OTN. Now every everybody barely did anything in OTN.
3: Right. We're really gonna judge the otG John. No, the, I'm just saying it didn't prove anything,
4: and in other words, didn't prove anything it,
3: positively or negatively. Exactly. Okay.
4: I'm saying. Then, positive, then I don't know
3: why you referenced it.
4: Because everyone's saying, "Well, he was out there, so he's healthy." I'm not so sure of that. Is all I'm saying. That I'm talking about the people who are going in the in the positive direction. It might be positive. It might. He might be ready to go. He might show up day one of camp when they're on the field. Be a hundred percent and no issues with the pack and great. Uh, but I'm saying I, that's, I want to see that first. I want to see that first. If if that's an issue, then yeah. Second half of the season, no doubt about
3: well, it. Let, let me ask you about another Eagle rookie, Jordan Davis. Uh, some people question his conditioning that he's a little too big for his own good. What did he do in the workouts that the Eagles had in there?
4: No, you're missing my point because you're defending Kobe Dean. One That's does exactly not have. That's exactly what
3: I'm doing because I think you're uh, no, misjudging you're,
4: you're, him. But you're missing my point. That's exactly what you're doing. One, it doesn't have an injury. There are a number of teams.
3: No, that, that- I'm, I'm. You can call them injury. I'm calling a question. There's a question about Nicobi Dean. It's an injury. There's a question about Jordan if, Davis. If if, if 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 teams were saying, or if Jordan Davis, by the way, tears his pack
4: or strains his pack, slightly tears his pack, whatever you want to call it, in the weight room next week, I'll tell you there's a question mark. He's not going to be on the field early. I'll tell you that. Right now, Jordan Davis doesn't have that issue. Nicobi Dean might have that issue, might not. I don't know. That's all I'm saying.
3: I don't know. Here's the question I'm asking you. Do you have no question whatsoever about Jordan Davis's conditioning that some people did question him in the draft process leading up to before the Eagles selected him? No,
4: I've already mentioned he's got conditioning issues. He's not used to playing a lot of reps at Georgia. I don't expect him to play more than 40 50% of the reps as a rookie. Uh, at the most, um, he needs, like everybody else, and typically with offensive linemen, they got to get stronger. This plays into my theory. Most rookies, most rookies, the vast majority of rookies need a ramp up period. Jim, Jim Swartz coined the term. I love it. I use it all the time. Thanks, Jim. Start up costs with rookie players, start up costs with rookie players. Everybody has them. Some people overcome them because they're so talented, like Micah Parsons and Mark Chase.
3: Jordan Davis will have them. Kobe Dean will have them. Okay. As long as you're uh, putting all the rookies into that startup cost category. Grant Calcaterra you're... will have them as well. And, uh, it's, uh, and Mr. Jurgens probably won't because – I don't really think he's going to play. And you can't have to, you don't have to pay startup courts when you're sitting on the bench. Uh if he has to play, I've already, I already had uh hypothetically speaking, uh uh got Dallas Goddard going down. I'm not doing that to Jason Kelsey. All right, Johnny Mac, Johnny Mac, your Mac Mack guys here on Birds 365. Time to add our first guest of the day. We're going down to shore. Mike Gill from the Sports Bash is gonna hop aboard with us next here on Birds 365.
6: I'm champion. Really? <laughs> yes, really. Don't sound so surprised. Let's see it. Oh, you're ready? All right, here we go. Let's hear the crowd. <sighs> so go to Reddit, go to Luka, fake a mama. mama, go. Oh, mama!
7: She did it. Again?
8: You can't avoid gravity, but United Healthcare can help you avoid financial surprises by helping you compare costs and doctor quality ratings. United Healthcare.
7: Uh huh.
3: Matt Gill with Young Birds 365 on the Big Media YouTube channel. Appreciate you streaming on in. We also appreciate when this guy joins us. He does so uh, every couple of weeks. We reach down at shore and say, We need Mike Gill's take on the birds. Mr. Gill, how's the summer treating you?
9: The weather hasn't been all that great, Jody, to be honest with you.
3: Wow. Complaining about the, the, the,
4: the high life down the shore. Well done, Mike Gill. Come on, we'd all love the be We had
9: we had a washout on Saturday. Sunday was all right, but we haven't had like a
4: nice, solid.
3: What do you weekend. like, ninety-eight degrees? Are you one of these guys who want to go out and boil?
9: No, my message would be: if you are from the Pennsylvania area, there's no need to come down. Yes, nice. that
3: that is always my message. Trying to keep Mike. those beaches manageable, yeah. huh, Yeah, Okay, I I see where you're going. Yeah, yeah. man. I always, well, cool. I always
4: talk to people like Mike and Dave Weinberg, guys who've lived down there for a long time. Do you get a little sad when, you know, it's time, it's the, the summer starts and the crowds come, especially as you get a little bit older?
9: Yeah, we love September, October, even now November is, uh, yeah. is pretty good. Um, June, July, August, man, it's a madhouse down here. Yeah. You can't. You can't do anything.
3: Hold on. Yeah. Tell, tell me you don't have one of those coin finding machines. No, but beach. actually,
9: <laughs> so for the first time, I've lived here my whole life. Now, my girlfriend's son, he's a lifeguard in Upper Township, which I didn't even know had a beach, So, which is Strathmere. So we went to the beach in Strathmere the other day, and I witnessed two guys of the five people on that beach that were using the metal detector. Wow.
4: Yeah. I, I, didn't, I didn't think people still use them.
9: Oh, uh, well, on. they're living in Strathmere.
3: Okay. Uh, <laughs> might, might say something about Strathmere. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the guy uh, was
9: down there. He was using that metal detector. I was like, man, I wonder if he found anything.
3: Gil, uh, besides trying to dodge the crowded beaches down there, uh, we're all getting prepped for the upcoming Eagle season. And uh, John and I usually like to try and get a pulse with the Eagle fans and thinking we got all our streamers. We appreciate them jumping on here, giving us their comments. I field calls on my WIP show, you're fielding Eagle calls down uh, on your show, uh, the sports bash, the correct amount of optimism, surprisingly not enough optimism, way over the top optimism. How would you categorize with two weeks to go before camp Eagle fans opinions on how good this football team is going to be?
9: You know, it's interesting where we are, which is, I would say 75% Eagles fans. But we do have a lot of transplants down here because of the casinos. So with that, like most places, you get this infiltration of the Dallas fan. But we also have a lot of New York fans because of all the people who live down here because of the casinos. So I feel like there's an anticipation and the expectations. I, I feel, I actually asked this before, like, you know, most people I think are in that 10, 11 win range. And I, and I feel like that's not irrational. I mean, generally the Eagles fans will be irrational at times. You may notice. Right. And I don't feel like there is that, well, this is the best team. They're going to win 13 games and they're going to win the Super Bowl. I do feel like it has been very, um, very rational so far. Now, once they get on the field, And on the twenty sixth, and you start to get training camp updates of Hank Baskett catching a touchdown (laughs) pass and going to be the next Terrell Owens, that might change some things. But uh, as of right now, it seems that everything is kind of... You know, I think a lot of it is tied to the quarterback. I think everybody loves the roster, but they're not sure about the quarterback. And because of that, the expectations are kind of... Well, they won nine games last year. The team's better, so they could probably win 10 or 11. I think if they really... Ripped the band aid off and trusted the quarterback, they'd probably be in that irrational stage, wouldn't you agree?
4: Oh, yeah. If they had a proven, no doubt about it, top 10 quarterback, they would be at uh, what is the highest StepCon level? I believe one is higher than five. I always get we're going plaid, yeah. Um, well, spaceball, they ball would be, here, I, if, if, if Justin Herbert was here, for instance, yes. forget about Aaron Rodgers. Oh, they'd be over the moon. They'd I be, agree. They'd be uh, getting the reservations ready for Los Angeles. Where's the Super Bowl? Arizona next year. Um, yeah, I think it's Glendale. Is Vegas? I think it's Glendale coming up. Double check. I'll double check. But uh, we're getting ahead of ourselves. Um, yeah. Derek Gunn here on Jacob Media created a bit of a firestorm with a uh, – not a report. He was just talking off the off the cuff about a bad OTA practice Jalen Hurts had. AJ Brown went on on online to defend Jalen Hurts. Um, you mentioned the Hank Basket catching passes at at uh, training camp. People get so hyped up. Paul about Turner. This
9: show. I could go on Paul Turner. Paul
4: Turner, one of the greatest hands I've ever seen, yeah. Paul Turner. Why is not Paul Turner on the field? You know all this, Mike. It's Jalen Hurts. Here's the deal. Forget about the floor. We've seen the floor. This is a good player. Not a great player, a good player. He made the playoffs. He led the team to the playoffs last season, Pro Bowl or alternate. He proved he can play in this league. What is the ceiling in Mike
9: Gill's mind?
4: What is the ceiling for this player?
9: Um, It's a good question. I mean, is he ever going to be the MVP of the league? I don't know. He could be. I mean, why? Statistics, right? We all get numbers. Is Lamar Jackson, what's his ceiling? He was the MVP of the league. Is he the best thrower? No. Is he the most accurate passer? No. But he put up a ridiculous amount of yards and led his team to a division championship. I can see Jalen Hurts putting up a ridiculous amount of yards and leading his team to a division championship. Does that mean he's the best quarterback in the league? I'm not sure. I mean, there was a uh, poll by executives and people yesterday, I'm sure you guys talked about, Lamar Jackson didn't even crack the top 10. And it was like, how could that be? This guy was the MVP. He puts up yards and and stats. Hertz is going to be one of those guys. I think your buddy Jeff Kerr, uh, he tweeted out something yesterday. There's only one quarterback in the history of the NFL who's got over 4,000 yards passing and 2,000 yards rushing in less than 20 games. It's Jalen Hurts. He's the only one ever. So the ceiling is, is – the beauty is in the eye of the beholder. If you're a stats guy, he could compile a huge amount of stats. Now, is he going to be Aaron Rodgers throwing the ball? No. Patrick Mahomes? No. Is he going to be a guy that you can depend on in the crunch? That's the question. Can he make the big throw? Can he rip it on that third down? Can he foot, put one in there? I think that all remains to be seen. But I think his ceiling is, I hate to bring this up, but, you know, Tim Tebow won a lot of games. If you put him in the right system, he won games. I think if you put Hertz in a system that fits him, his ceiling is I can win a lot of games. I don't know if it's I can win a lot of games because of him, but I can win a lot of games with him doing with the ancillary pieces I give him. That re- he won nine games with what he had last year. How is that even possible? Yeah. Well, let
4: me ask you this then before you jump in, Jody. What you just said, he can win a lot of games with if you put the right pieces around him. Is that worth $35, 40000000 a year? No. When you that's brought where the Eagles are going to
9: be. John, when you brought this up to me whenever I was on six months ago, I almost fell off the seat that I'm on here thinking about that. Like, wait a second. But this, like, this is everything. Dame Lillard's a great player. Is he worth 60 million dollars for one season? Can I curse on this show? Bleep? No. Yeah, yeah. You can't give a guy 60 million. He's great. Dame is amazing. He's never been to a finals. He's not an MVP. You can't pay that man 60 million. I don't care what the go. At some point, you have to make a, a, a rational decision and say, Dame, you're great. I can't pay you 60 million. We have to shake hands and 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 that's where I'm at with like these mid-level quarterbacks. It's like, how do I pay this guy 35? Well, that's the going rate. Well, we need to change the going rate. Something has to happen.
3: Fair enough. Uh, and when you use Tim Tebow as a reference point, you're just <laughs> talking about Tim Tebow, the college player, right? Not the pro player. Well, he, oh, he made he the playoffs in
9: Denver. Was it Denver? Yeah. What would he Denver. go? He went like seven and one on that run with Denver. Yeah.
4: And he won a playoff fin- game. I still don't know how he won a playoff fin- game. finished he his NFL it. career at eight and
3: six. Uh, and for a first he round, won more than he lost. <laughs> <laughs> I believe your quote was, won a lot of games. Career wins. That season in Denver. I'm sorry, that, that doesn't eight. equate to True. me. Eight, Listen, the, this... eight does not get a lot of NFL wins. Correct. Away. If it does I for you, mean, that's fine.
9: I mean, when they tailored that offense for him for that one run, they he won. I think he was seven and one in that run.
4: Yeah, he had a run. He had a nice run towards the playoffs. I don't know exactly what it is. Great call. The problem
9: player. is nobody wants to. Nobody wants to keep using that offense. That's no, what you know. You can't no. keep running that offense for him. You ran it gimmick for okay. Whoever the quarterback before him was got hurt or, or stunk. Let's go to Tebow and see if he gives us a little spark. He did. But they created that whole offense for him. They couldn't keep using that offense. You're not going to win in this league like that long term. But my point was, if you create the offense, if you accentuate the positives, Paul Heyman, for the player, Jalen Hurts, he's going to put up a lot of yards. He's going to put up a lot of stats. And he's already shown he can win games with lesser talent. I mean, they won with Quez Watkins and Jalen Rager, as their top two, or two of their top receivers. Uh, how do you win nine games yeah. with that? Uh, it's well, it's Quez
6: unbelievable.
4: Is Quez is Tyler Boyd, evidently. I got Eagles fans all over. They think Quez, it's it's always interesting to me how fans latch on to certain players. Quez White seems to be one of them. I'm like, what, what, if the Eagles, you know, the A.J. Brown deal was so important for the Eagles because of the domino effect. Like, we're all talking about how this is so weak, the wide receiver position leading into the draft. They got to go receiver again in the first round of the draft. They missed out on Ridley. They missed out on Kirk, Robinson, Woods. They got to go receiver again. All of a sudden, they get A.J. Brown and pro football focus, top five receiving group. Because all the pieces fit into place. Devontae Smith, kind of a stretch early in his career to be a one. Now he's a two. Quez Watkins. No way, he's a two, but now he's a three. That's okay. And all of a sudden, the pieces fall into place. Jody and I were talking about this a little bit earlier, tight end, Mike. Depth. Depth seems to be an issue at certain places with this team. Now, it's 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 an issue everywhere, but there are some glaring depth issues on this team. Uh, when you look at that, it's the offseason. You got a hand ring about something. Have you, have you have you started to wring those hands about the depth of this team a little bit?
9: I would agree at tight end. I think the offensive line has pretty good no. depth. No? Yeah.
4: Defensive um, line as well. Tremendous depth.
9: Right. Quarterback. I mean, you got probably the best backup you can find in Minshew. Um, the linebacking room, I feel like there's five good players at that spot. No. The, the secondary depth, yes, i you don't know anything about who if somebody got hurt, who are you gonna go to Mcpherson um the kid they signed from washington um that that's probably a problem, and then the safety spot, I mean, you brought Tartan, so you would hope that he either challenges and wins one of those spots or he's the third guy, so you have a little bit of depth in that spot, but where 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 are they other than like, tight end, I agree, and corner, well, I, I would agree.
4: Steve-er. I would say receiver, tight end. Um, I would say, it depending yeah, on Jalen Rager, where are you going to go with Jalen Rager? What is Jalen Rager? But if you know, it's tough to find a fifth receiver if you're not going to move forward with Jalen Rager. Um, as you mentioned, corner. The Eagles talked about Tay Gowan and Kerry Vincent and and Mac McCain nonstop and they told you they were fully you-know-what, because as soon as Bradbury's out there, they go get Bradbury. That tells you they don't believe in the Zach McPherson of the world. Thankfully. Um, uh, Chikwaski tart is brought in, as you mentioned, you know, it's because they don't believe in Kayvon Wallace. Now they're telling us Grant Calcaterra and Jack Stoll a tight end? Come on. that I mentioned that's the worst position depth-wise to me, tight end. But there are some other issues, uh, uh just something to keep an eye on. Is,
9: is yeah, well, and, and you would imagine, now Calcaterra is a rookie. Who knows? I mean, he could come in and surprise yeah. us all, but he's a late-round pick. Um, Stall's more of a blocking guy. Uh, obviously, Richard Rogers. it seems like they just kind of have him on. He's their Jordan Howard, right? They yeah. just kind of have him yeah. on speed dial. So, yeah, that would be one spot. The corner spot, obviously, and you're right about safety with Wallace. I think they're kind of. And he's in trouble because he doesn't play special teams. They got a, a Chachere, um, and a guy that plays special teams that probably makes it over him if, if you know. Yeah.
3: Let me ask you about uh, the tight end position in Calcaterra. A lot of people said that if he had not had the injuries that he had, he stepped away from football, transferred, uh, but then flashed the same kind of talent that he had at Oklahoma. Uh, if, if he stays healthy, and I know that's a big if with a guy who retired from football, collegiate yeah. football, because he was just afraid he had had too many concussions, could he be? See, that's where I think the Eagles have shown over the years, Howie Roseman shown that he likes to protect his draft picks. I know it's just the sixth, but a sixth is a sixth is a six and oh by the way the eagles didn't even take all seven picks this year because they moved up to get their defensive tackle and they traded off uh, draft assets to get their superstar wide receiver i i think calcaterra is going to be given every chance to be the tight end two on this team especially if the eagles are motivated to throw the ball more this year that's all we've heard during the offseason is we're going to throw we're going to throw we're going to throw well, Grant Calcaterra is a guy who can catch. I think he's going to be the uh, number two tight end on this
9: team. Oh, I, I agree. And, you know, they want to keep their – their. and, and you know, we heard so much about, well, if he didn't have the concussions and he hadn't retired, he may have been a guy that was a little bit of a higher draft pick in the sixth round. They always feel like, well, we found this guy and he was a higher pick. We had him higher on our board, but – you know, that kind of stuff. So I wouldn't be surprised if Calcaterra... By the way, Calcaterra was a pretty darn good tight end when when he, I think he was at Oklahoma with Oklahoma, her. Yeah, right.
4: Oklahoma, yeah.
9: Right. And and he was... uh, um. So they have a repertoire already and rapport there. So I wouldn't be surprised if he actually started the season. And again, as we said, we, you got Rodgers. You know, I'm sure he's going to be still sitting out there. So it's always nice to be able to have that safety blanket to make... Hey, let's give this guy the shot to do it. So I would agree, Jody, that I think... And he's an intriguing prospect. He's one of them guys. How many times in this league do you find a tight end that no one's heard of, really, or followed their college career? They come into the league. This league's filled with guys like that, that you just never heard of. They're really athletic, and that projects much better at this level than it does in the college game. And they come in, and you you know their athleticism just absolutely uh, shines at the NFL level more so at that position than it does – in the college game. They're, this league is filled with guys that most people didn't pay a lot of. Uh, how many people were watching George Kittle play in college and Darren? Yeah, Waller nobody knows. Right? I
4: remember when I told Eagles fans that George Kittle was better than Zach Ertz when Zach was still really good.
9: Uh, I took a lot of heat, Mike Gill. And by, the, mean,
4: way, people, by the way, nobody apologized.
9: How many people <laughs> followed Dallas Goddard? Or there Zach Ertz in college. I mean, Zach Ertz was well, a Zach was runner.
4: the high profile guy. He, he was a second round pick,
9: but I'm sure a lot of people yeah. didn't look at him every week on Saturday no, and yeah, be like, "Wow, West this goes. guy's going to be a, a big time pro." I mean, it's just a position in college; it's hard to project. You know, when you're watching them, because the numbers for tight ends are just not that they don't jump off the page at the college game. Yeah.
4: Uh, milestones. I want to talk about milestones because the Eagles have had a really difficult time in recent seasons. Uh, can't get a thousand yard rusher. Can't get a thousand yard wide receiver. Zach did it at a tight end a couple years ago. Uh, but no receiver since Jeremy Macklin, no edge rushers, double digit sacks. You got to go back to Connor Barwin in 2014. Um, do they get a 1,000-yard rusher? A lot of this is just health. 1,000-yard rusher, 1,000-yard receiver, 10-sack guy.
9: No on the rusher. Yes on the receiver. Yes on the sack guy. I actually uh-huh. think uh, – I, and I wouldn't be surprised if Sweat was the one that got it.
4: Yeah, could be. Could be Josh. Josh is in – they have two yeah. options, you know, Hassan Reddick or Josh Sweat. Yeah, no, with,
9: thanks. with, um, yeah, well, I just feel like Reddick might get more attention. This is one of those things where I don't know what kind of alignment they're going to have on the defensive front. Are you going to do a three man, four man? You're going to see some five man fronts. And if that's the case, you know, if Jordan Davis is getting half the snaps and he's taking up two, does that mean you get one on ones on the outside? You know, that kind of stuff. Are you going to play? I, I think. You- I don't know, John. Do you get a sense that they're going to play more three-man fronts?
4: Odd I get a sense th- they're going to play more odd-man fronts. So I think it's going to look to the average fan as five. Uh, they're going to have the – JG calls them overhang players, overhang, and that's yeah. going to be yeah. Hassan Reddick and, and Josh Swett. Uh They're going to have three interior linemen. So it depends how you look at it. Technically, that's a 3-4 but it'll look like a five-man front. But I think they're going to be really multiple. I really do. Yeah, I I think they're going to.
9: One of the things that that I'm waiting for is to see what the defensive line alignment is going to look like and how that, you know, does he have packages where he runs out a traditional four-man? Hey, Fletcher and Javon, you two are are four-man. Let's get out there. Hey, we're going to go five. Jordan, get out there between those two. Hey, we're going to go three. You guys come off the field. Jordan, you go to the nose.
4: They're going to play, and I'm pretty confident, and I've said this, and if they show up week one and I'm wrong, I'll show up week one and say I'm wrong. They're going to to play Big Bangio's defense. That's what they're going to try to play. So for fans out there, if they want to get on Game Pass, watch some old Broncos, some old Chicago Bears, look at Brandon Staley with the Chargers. That's the defense they're going to run. Um, So think Khalil Mack you know, that's the type of player they want, you know, Hassan Reddick to be um, Robert Quinn, somebody like that. Uh, you know, why think about who the chargers acquired, Khalil Mack? There's a reason for that. Cause that's the defense they're running. Um, the Eagles are going to try to run and about, by the way, 40% of the league is trying to run big Bangio's defense. So, it makes you wonder why people don't just go hire big Bangio, but maybe he just
3: wants to take the gear off. Exactly. All right. Uh, you did mention a name there, Mr. Gill. Um, you called Rich Rod, the uh, Jordan Howard of tight ends, which I like. Jordan Howard, still not an Eagle, still not on anything. Cause he's not on anybody's roster. Is he just hanging at home, doing uh, burpees and getting ready for the season, waiting for his phone to ring? Do you think we'll see Jordan Howard once again coming back to the Eagles at some point this year? Wouldn't be
9: surprised. I mean, you know, I don't think any other team's going to – he didn't get picked up last year when he was free. The Eagles brought him in. They put him on the practice squad, kept bringing him back and forth until they had to make a decision on, on him uh, for whatever reason. That's a position where it's almost feels like you have a comfort level with certain guys that you have – been in your system or in your region and you just kind of keep going back to them, you know? Um, so I wouldn't be surprised at all. If Howard, Though, how much time is he going to cut into Miles Sanders or, you know, they uh, the theory that Sanders is on a contract, just, you know, puddle to the metal with him. Cause we don't have any intention of signing him back. You know, the old DeMarco Murray thing, just give him as many carries as you can and let the next team pay him. That could be a way to go or do they like Gainwell enough to where we talked about this yesterday on our football at four, which was if Sanders, for whatever reason, gets out and struggles or just doesn't, you know, a couple bonehead plays he had last year running out of bounds or doesn't hit the hole, do they start to infiltrate Gainwell more and, you know, just say, Hey, he, you know, him. And cause I, I'm a big fan of Boston Scott. I don't know why every time he gets an opportunity to play, he produces and, and, and admittedly is against the Giants. It seems like every single, <laughs> but, but he always produces. He's just a tough guy to tackle and find. I mean, uh, he, he always seems to, Hey, when you're our guy this week and he'll put up numbers. So you have those three. I wouldn't think they would call Howard unless something happened to one of those guys.
4: Yeah, and he's always going to be there because, as Jody mentioned, you know, nobody else wants Jordan Howard. I think, you know, Mike Gill, Jody McDonald, John McMullen, we could probably get four yards per carry behind this offensive line. <laughs> That's part of the success. Uh, I'm exaggerating, obviously, but uh, last one for me, Mike, at Mike Gill's show on Twitter, listen to him down the shore, drive time, 2-6, to 97.3 ESPN, South Jersey. Um Jalen Rager, Andre Dillard, Um, you know, we're two weeks away. So they're both going to be here for the start of camp. Uh, That's pretty evident. Are they both going to be here at the end of camp?
9: I think Dillard will be, I mean, unless there's an injury and someone he has to call them. um, I think they like Dillard and I wouldn't be surprised. You know, how many more years is is Lane Johnson going to be around?
4: It's a good point. You know, post thirty, you know, we saw you know, We we know that the issues he's had off the field, those are a concern, obviously. But on the field, people forget he had, you know, reconstructive ankle surgery. And there's right. a there's a a guy who probably Lane's one of those guys who, when he retires, I guarantee this. Two years later, he's going to be like two hundred forty pounds, and you're like. What 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 happened? He's a six foot six guy. who used to be a quarterback who bulked up to play offensive line. He's going to come down. So the point I'm trying to make is he puts a lot of stress on a frame that probably shouldn't be that big. And he's already got a bad ankle. So it's worth pointing out that he's not going to be around forever
9: not only that you just mentioned the ankle he's missed games in each of the last couple seasons two seasons with injury not that dillard would play the right side but i think they're okay playing him at left and moving jordan to play right so i think they do like the safety net of dillard i don't think rigger is in the same boat i think if they got an offer and somebody wanted him and you know hey we need a we need a second receiver a third receiver we'll give you a X, Y, or Z for him, I wouldn't be shocked if he wasn't here. But I think they, they legitimately liked the embarrassment of riches of having Dillard around, unless they got their socks knocked off. Um, what I don't know. What would their socks – what would be the, the threshold? A second, a third?
4: I would think they'd hold out for a day-two pick, a third-round pick. But, you know, you are going to lose them. I mean, you, you're going to lose them. Uh, so, you know, we at some have- point –
9: we all have memories of Dillard playing right tackle that night and just getting whipped and yeah. then admitting that he didn't want to play right tackle, which, you know, he needs to have a Alec Bone moment where he says, hey, I messed up. I shouldn't have said that. I love playing wherever you want me to play. But we all know he can't play right tackle. But our memory of him is that one game, whereas when he's played left tackle, he has been a solid contributor. Is he a oh, pro yeah probably not but if he played full-time left tackle I don't think we would be memory uh, our memory would be of what he did at right tackle that one game
3: all right let me put it to both the last question Mike you first um the Eagles have the option Lane Johnson turns the or whatever he's going out is the Eagle offensive line going to be uh, my at left tackle and Driscoll at right tackle, or are they going to do what they no. did last year and move my over to the right side and plug uh, Dillard in?
9: Yo, I think they would move my to the right side and put Dillard at left tackle.
4: John? Uh, I think short term, they just put Driscoll in. Long term, if it were a multi week injury, they would move my and put
3: to yeah, I I I disagree. I think Driscoll, one week. Two well, what's to say Driscoll's not playing right guard? Be their right tackle. Yeah, Driscoll's not playing right guard.
4: Yeah, we've talked right, about I'm, this. I'm,
3: I'm, I'm sorry, I should have qualified that. All Thank right. you, Mike. Uh, Isaac Salem, Salem, Salem if he's healthy, I think is their right guard. I don't think there's any question about that. Um, if Salemala is at right guard, then yes. If Driscoll's coming off the bench, one of the two have to be plugged into the lineup. Dillard and/or Driscoll, I absolutely believe that's Driscoll, not Dillard.
4: It's great depth though, because and I've mentioned this before that I don't think they're going to cut Isaac either way, because I think they like his versatility. So even if he loses the job to Driscoll, what who's to say if Driscoll doesn't get hurt? They move Driscoll to right tackle. They put. Say a Maloof right guard. They have an embarrassment of riches. They can well, go and, in a-
9: and Dickerson doesn't actually uh, have the cleanest bill of health either.
7: Now, so yeah.
9: if he were to get hurt, Isaac is there to go play left guard, and you know. So you're right. Their backup five would be a starting unit somewhere.
4: Oh yeah, it's just an. I say it all the time. It's an offensive line deficient league. I said Green Bay fans are the most spoiled fans, I always joked, in the history of mankind because they don't know how the other half lives when it comes to quarterback. They've had Hall of Fame quarterback play uninterrupted for over a quarter century. Eagles fans don't know how the other half lives when it comes to the offensive line. There are so many teams in this league here that cannot block people, and Eagles fans don't realize that. Here's a...
9: Here's a quick question for you guys to chew on. Aaron Rodgers is wildly regarded as the best, if not one of the best of all time, but the best right now. If he was the quarterback of the Eagles and had only won one Super Bowl, would we view him as high as he's viewed? Or would he be a disappointment because he only won one Super Bowl here?
4: I I think he'd be a disappointment. I think people in Green Bay think he's a disappointment. I think, you know, what been too close to Packers fans for too long, they look at it that way. He's only got one, um, right? It, um, you know, I think it's national people who say, you know, Aaron's, and I include myself, I say it all the time. I don't think anybody has ever played the position at a higher level than Aaron Rodgers. Um, I don't, I don't say he's the greatest of all time because you have to put longevity in that. You have to put Super Bowls and Tom Brady exists. But when he's at his optimum level, that's how we describe it. I don't think anybody has ever played the position at a higher level. I think people in Green Bay get myopic and they say, we only got one. And I think Eagles fans would, Eagles fans would say the same thing.
9: I, I tend to agree. I think the fan, you know, not that McNabb is Rogers, but he was an ultimate failure because he didn't even and they got the one Super Bowl. So if you had Aaron Rodgers and only won one Super Bowl, you'd be like, This guy only won one Super Bowl.
3: Yeah. I think that's the way it would be. Jody, your thoughts? Agreed. Um sometimes fans don't give the right amount of credit and or get caught up with a specific position or a specific guy, Harry Roseman uh there there are people that uh, love Harry and people can't stand howie so uh they they kind of get the glasses on and can't give uh what most of us would believe would be a fair observation. uh Mike Gill, always a pleasure, my friend get out there with your uh, metal detector since uh all the uh, short people are coming down and making your life more yeah. difficult at least make a couple bucks off it. <clears throat> get out
9: there
4: midweek. you gotta stay in on the weekend, man too much it's uh too much
3: on the weekend yeah
9: too much, man. It's- as I said, the weather hasn't been good down here, people up there, so it's not worth the drive.
3: All right. <laughs> Mike Gill, thank you very much. We'll get you back up in a couple of weeks once camp gets open. Thanks for coming on today. Thanks, Mike. All right, guys. That's see- Mike Gill from the Sports Bash, 97.3 the, uh, ESPN down in uh, on the Jersey Shore. All right, Jody Mac, Johnny Mac coming back. Um, Mark Farzetta, host of our Eagles post-game show here on the Jacob Media YouTube channel, is going to hop aboard with us. I haven't talked to Farzian forever. Looking forward to doing that. Uh, got a couple more things I want to run by. John, keep it right here on Birds 365.
6: Go for the polls and the pools. Go for the ooze and the ahs. slam dunk champion really? <laughs> yes really don't sound so surprised let's see it oh you're ready alright here we go let's hear the crowd <sighs> so go to right go to look, God, thank a mama mama go up oh,
7: she did it
8: again you can't avoid gravity but United Healthcare can help you avoid financial surprises by helping you compare costs and doctor quality ratings United Healthcare
7: uh huh
3: number two on a Tuesday edition of verse 365 Mr. McDonald here with you appreciate you streaming in with us on the Jacob Media YouTube channel. Thank my guilt for hopping on. Thanking advance mark farzetta who's going to join us coming up in about uh, 20 minutes from now uh johnny mac this show is an opinion based show you've got yours i've got mine and when we get guests on we ask them theirs we'll certainly do that with mark farzetta about 20 minutes from now and they don't always match up um and at this stage of the year two weeks before camp opens up we're all doing a whole heck of a lot of projecting um, that's part of uh, what is fun about an upcoming season is you're thinking, you know what somebody's going to do. First of all, team, what the team's going to do overall. But then on an individual basis, how good a player is going to be, how shaky could be if they're in a starting position, what effect it can have on the, whether the team's going to win or lose games. Uh, and and my opinions don't always match up. Um, you're a little higher on Jordan Davis than I am. I'm a little higher on the Kobe Dean than you are two rookies who are coming into the Eagles and we'll see how big an effect they have right off the bat when they jump into the lineup. And then there's the quarterback position, which is always the number one topic each and every single year, every single team. It's not like, oh, my God, they talk so much about Jalen Hurts. Oh, they talk about the starting quarterback this much in every town across the national football yes, league. It's always yes, about the did. quarterback. That's just the way the game is played these days in the National Football League. Our very own Derek Gunn uh, stirred up a hornet's nest uh, yesterday um, by reporting that in conversation with someone around the Eagles, and Derek did not specify if it was an Eagle player, an Eagle coach, an Eagle front office personnel person, he did not... uh, give any further depth than i was talking to someone about the eagles um and this person decided to say that in a 10 play uh session in the eagles practice which i said this last night on wip and you can please confirm this for me john mcmahon because you were there i was not i wouldn't even call what the eagles have done the last couple of months practice it's not a practice it's a gathering it's a drill yeah. It's not a practice when you never actually put 11 players out there on the field against 11 other players, then it's not a practice. It's, it's workouts. It's not even practice. And in D guns quote, uh, he said, uh, he used the word practice, uh, which I doubt highly um, that in a 10 play session that Jalen hurts had, uh, three, IN, three INTs, four incompletes, and three sacks. Uh, you were there. And I know they probably had a couple of uh, reps and or uh, uh, drills that you might not have been uh, able to see Johnny Mac. Seven on seven. Yeah. Could Jalen Hurts possibly have been as bad as Derek uh, Gunn no, well- to have said?
4: here's a couple things and i'm glad you brought this up jody because i want to i want to make this clear people get you know they hear what they want to hear i think derek said that on his show um and derek can speak for himself he's he's got his own show and he's got his his pulpit and he's an opinion based i i he was not reporting this i think people take it off in a He was just saying on his talk show what someone had told him. And I think people got caught in the weeds of what you just said, the the description, 10 plays of, you know, whatever it was, three interceptions, four incompletions, three sacks. And then, you know, it's not possible in the format that they have. Uh, You know, the important part to me was later when he said, some people in the Eagles organization and I'm paraphrasing could have been one are uncomfortable with Jalen hurts. I think that's true. That's a hundred percent true. Derek's not making stuff up. Derek's been doing this for a long time. Now I, I, you know, somebody who, who knew contacted somebody who knows God, that didn't happen. You know, to, first of all, let me give you an example of why this didn't happen. That's getting in the weeds. Um, there were two practices open to the media and the Eagles are, as you said, Jody are only running seven on sevens. Okay. The first practice and I'll hat tip to Elliot Shore Parks because he pays attention to this stuff. He's nuts. And by the way, ESP, congratulations. He just got married. Uh, so we give him that hat tip. Uh, and also Hunter Brody. I want to, I'm, I'm going down a rabbit hole. He's getting married. So congratulations to another friend, Hunter Brody, but the, the first practice, Hurts was 10 of 11 in seven-on-seven seven drills. 10 of 11, Jody. Two things there. He had 11 total reps. Okay? Nobody has 10 reps in a row in, in, in practice. You rotate through the quarterbacks. Gardner Minshew had seven reps. Carson Strong had two reps. The Eagles practiced for 45 stinking minutes. Nobody's got 10 reps in a row. That's number one. The second practice, he was 10 of 14. Um, seven-on-sevens are tilted towards the offense to succeed. 10-14, of by the way, not that good.
1: It wasn't that sharp
4: sharp in the second day. Um, So people get down into the weeds of these things, and look, that that kind of stuff is not – and I think it was Mike Garoppolo who said last week on the show, we don't play football in the spring. That was his guy. You're not playing football. So good or bad, I'm sure Jalen Hurts had bad OTA practices where we weren't there. He had one good one when I was there and one mediocre one when I was there. I'm sure he had a bad one when I wasn't there. You know, that's part of the process. Like a spring training pitcher, you work on some things and all of a sudden you get rocked and people are like, ooh, so-and-so gave up nine runs and, 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 The Citrus League, who cares? He's probably working on a curveball slider, whatever. Quarterbacks do the same things. That part of it's not an issue. The part of it that's an issue, and again, I think people got too much in the weeds about three interceptions and four incompletions and three sacks, and you don't even take sacks. You just blow the whistle. And if you can't get the football out of your hands in a seven-on-seven, well, yeah, then there's an issue. There are people in that building that are uncomfortable with Jalen Hurts as the starting quarterback. And that's why we're having these discussions all the the time. And by the way, and I say this, the Eagles did a very good job of making people forget. They were trying to get better, whether you believe it or not. And I'm not talking to you, Jody. I'm talking to the fans. Whether you believe it or not, they wanted stinking Russell Wilson, and they were going to have the conversation with Deshaun Watson. Now, I believe they wouldn't have gone where Cleveland went contract wise, but that's just my belief. They were gonna have the stinking conversation if he would listen to them. They wanted to get better at the quarterback position. Now it's also fair to point out, and I try to point this out as well, they didn't want Baker Mayfield. They didn't want they don't want Jimmy Garoppolo, who you could argue are slight upgrades. Uh, at, at, at the quarterback position So they do like Jalen Hurts But they do have question marks And there are people In that building who are uncomfortable And instead of worrying about Some description And who knows, maybe this is a former player And they're just Hyperbole off the top of their head Because he had a bad set of plays That's not the issue The issue is The bigger picture that's that's how I would frame that story.
3: No, I'll, I'll defend those who are getting down in the weeds, and I love D-Gun as much as anybody, but if somebody said that to you, would you say that on your show? No, I wouldn't for this reason, though, Jody, because I'm
4: on practice and I know it's not possible to happen. I'm at practice every day, and I know that's not how practice works. And I know nobody's going to have 10 straight reps at the quarterback position. Now, maybe if you get deeper into camp, training camp, and you're having, say, you're having a a dual practice with the Jets and you're doing team drills and you're doing a drive down the field, maybe it would happen then, but not in the offseason, not on on seven-on-sevens. You just rotate, you rotate reps, and you rotate quarterbacks. So nobody is getting 10 straight reps to begin with in the offseason, certainly not with the Eagles. They don't don't have that many reps to be handing out willy-nilly. Um, sacks don't exist you know you can you can just blow the whistle early Um, but again i've seen jalen hurts and i've been going to football practices for 28 years i've seen jalen hurts in a lot of practices and he's only been around a short time he's not holding on to the football three times in seven on seven drills I mean, it might happen occasionally, but uh, I, then not, not that. So, no. So, how I would have framed it is, all right, this, whoever, whomever it is, is just, you know, trying to point out to me that this, that he struggled badly. And I would just use the back end, people in the organization are uncomfortable right. with Jalen Hurts. That's, that's what I would have done, but not everybody's at practice every day. So if you, if you, if you tell someone who's not used to going to practice and I'm not saying I have no idea, I I'm, I'm, you know, Derek's not at practice every day. Um, maybe he doesn't know. I don't know. I, but to me, yeah. If someone tells me what, well, that's not, that's not possible. And that's the text I got um, said, you yeah. know. That's you know, not possible
3: in a in a more colorful way. <laughs> right. And that's that's why I don't have a problem with anybody who's got a problem with the statement. Because it was impossible. I get it. He's getting to an eventual point. And the most important point is if Derek's source is on point and in a position to put forth that strong an opinion and no other opinions of movers and shakers within the Eagles the fact that the Eagles are uncomfortable with Jalen Hurts, that could very well be true. I, I'm not refuting that. I'm not saying where the hell did Derek come up with that? That might be true. And you're pointing to evidence of, you know, they did try and go out and upgrade the quarterback position during the offseason speaks for itself with Russell Wilson and Deshaun Watson. I'm just not sure that I would have gone down the road of, and in a 10 period, a 10 play session, no, it, didn't happen even if someone else said it happened just to try and make a point I would edit that out of my conversation I would not put that yeah. in the mind and say this is what somebody told me I'd I'd do them a favor by taking that out of the discussion because it didn't happen and yeah it was probably hyperbole just to try and make a point don't don't use somebody else's hyperbole when you're describing what you're getting as far as information goes about the eagle quarterback situation
4: yeah, and I you know, like I said, I mean they're you know I can't speak to someone's hyperbole or, or someone's, you know, phrasing. Um, I I just know from a personal level and again twenty-eight years of attending football practice, that's a that's not how seven on sevens in the offseason work. I mean that's that's and and you know, someone Texted me right away, and that was, you know, imparted to me as well. Um, and AJ Brown went on uh Twitter, and 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 people can, um, you know, AJ's obviously very close to Jalen Hurts, and they're very good friends for people that I don't know, so he is gonna always defend him, but you know, he was over the top in the defense, uh, because you know, that's not how. OTAs work. That's not how seven on sevens work.
3: Right. And the thing that impressed me most about uh AJ Brown was making historical Eagle references that three yeah. times How about me Pally war fighting Vince? plays between TO and Donovan McMahon and Vince for Pally coming off the retired list to make three grabs? Good for you, AJ Brown. I didn't know you had such a grasp of Eagles history. And yeah, he's always gonna take Uh, Jalen Hurts back number one because he's the quarterback of the team he's going to play for and number two they've been buds for years but the bigger
4: part of this and I want to emphasize this Jody is people in the organization being uncomfortable with Jalen Hurts I think that's true I think that part of it's true I think that part of it is um, understandable as well Um, and we just talked about it a little bit with Mike Mike Gill there's a big decision coming up sooner rather than later. Even if you want to kick the can down the road, it's still coming up. You're still, the clock is still ticking and you got to make a decision. And if someone changed the rules, Jody, and the Eagles had to make that decision today, and and I'm going to put a percentage on it, I would say 98% they're not extending them, not extending them. If if they were forced to do it today and make a decision, which luckily they don't have to. Um, so that, you know, there's a lot of question marks, I would phrase it as. Right.
3: But here's here's the key to me the key guys who will be in concert with making the decision of going forth with Jalen Hurts, they've already made it this year. He's their quarterback. Did they inquire on Russell Wilson? I believe they did. they uh, uh, investigate Sean Watson and the possible? Oh, yeah, I think they did. So you can certainly read into that that they are not 100% married to Jalen Hurts, but they've made the decision. At some point, you have to make a decision. They've made the decision for this year. Jalen Hurts is their guy. They're going to have to make a decision for next year. We need to see what he does this year. Nobody would make that decision ahead of time, or at least – The way that Jalen has played to this point has left them saying we need to see more before we make the decision because they can wait.
4: Yeah, Roseman think. Yeah.
3: What does Nick Siriani think? The Eagles have people at practice and assistant coaches and scouts and other front office personnel and the like, and don't know who Derek Gunn was getting his opinion from that was shared with him. If it wasn't Sirianni and it wasn't Howie, I'm only going to put so much credence to it. Those are the two guys. They're, they're, they're the movers and shakers. And with a quarterback position, you know, Jeff Flory will also be heard from. And I'm guessing that's not the guy that uh, Derek was talking to uh, that gave him the opinion. Hey, you January. never know.
4: D-Gun's plugged in, man. You never know. Uh, and, and Jeffrey probably wouldn't have a – he should, but he probably wouldn't have the best handle on how practice is run.
3: <laughs> right. Um, that's, that was one of the reasons why I don't think it was Jeff. And, oh, by the way. Maybe it's Julian. Maybe it's Gardner Minshew. Ed Cratch
4: brought that up to me. Maybe Gardner is trying to create issues. How about uh, that? We can start yeah. that, Jody. Yeah, go I ahead. see you, Mark Farzetta. You, you
3: go ahead and do that. You, you no, I'm the,
4: joking. Gardner. No,
3: of course, just tell me. Yeah, no, not. No, uh, I'm joking. Not I hope not. people realize that. All right, he's John McMullen. I'm Jody McDonald. That makes us mack and mack here on Birds 365. We're bringing another Jacob Media guy to the forefront. He is the host of the Eagles postgame show. Uh, Did a great job with it last year. Going to be doing it again this year. Uh, I've known this knucklehead for too many years. I haven't talked to him in a while. Looking forward to doing just that. Mark Farzetta joins us next here on Birds 365.
6: Go for the polls and the pools. Did you know I was the mommy slam dunk champion? Really? <laughs> yes, really. Don't sound so surprised. Let's see it. Oh, you're ready. All right, here we go. Let's hear the crowd. Go, <sighs> so Go, to Fake him mama. mama, go. Oh, my, my.
7: She did it. Again?
8: You can't avoid gravity, but United Healthcare can help you avoid financial surprises by helping you compare costs and doctor quality ratings. United Healthcare.
7: Uh huh.
3: We got McMullen and McDonald here with Young Birds 365 and another follically challenged individual. You ever notice that, John? Gil We like it. Yeah. of hair compared to the three guys that are on the screen right now. Mark Farzetta from the Farge show on YouTube and also hosts the Jacob Media Eagles post game show. You are doing that again this year, Fargy, right?
2: I believe, as far as I know, yes. I will be back with Jacob Media for another football season. Looking forward to that, of course. What's going on there, Jody McDonald? How you doing, brother?
3: Yeah. very good, bud. Good to see you again. And he's got a cool studio. It's better than our. Well, we're at the beach, which is yeah, good. Come on, hold on. Gotta Mike get Bo those just with a metal finder on yeah. my back <laughs> on my screen back there. Didn't know that was going to happen. Yeah, the uh, but... show every day at six.
2: It drops. It. Got
4: to say that. To thank the, you. Mark,
2: Mark Barzetta. Good to see you, buddy. John, um, a pleasure. An absolute pleasure. Thanks for having me on. Uh, appreciate
4: you coming on. I guess we'll start, you know, our own Derek Gunn as well, creating a bit of a firestorm with Jalen Hurts. And, I, I, you know, I think people got lost in the weeds of this, Mark, and I explained it. I think the more important part to me was people within the Eagles organization are uncomfortable with Jalen Hurts? Yeah. Uh, yeah, And why would anybody think that's not true? Why would you be comfortable with Jalen Hurts?
2: Yeah, I think one of the most premature stories uh, in the history of Philadelphia is anybody talking about a $40 million deal for Jalen Hurts. Uh, that is way too cart before the horse type of thing. <laughs> now, to address what Gunner said, I'm right with you, John. I, as far as his report went, not his opinion, but his report. A source told him something. He repeated what the source says. That's what a good reporter does. Yeah. So this yeah. uh, address, but also move past anybody that wants to say Derek Gunn made it up. No, that, no that's no, not no. Derek Gunn. That's yeah. you don't know Derek Gunn. That is not his yeah. personality. That's not what he strives for. And I love what he did say on his show when he talked about how uh, Twitter is Satan. I definitely agree with that. And then, <laughs> and, then and then and then second thing is this is about what somebody told him, not what he just wanted to put out there. Exactly. So I think when I first read the report and saw the, or saw the thing about sacked, he was sacked. I thought, what are they counting? Cause like, obviously even in 10 on, even on 11 on 11, you got a red Jersey on, no one's yeah, sacking yeah, yeah. you. So it's I'm like, just what
4: blow it, the whistle early. Yeah,
2: right. exactly. Basically. Exactly. So I went to exactly where you went, John, with, this isn't about Derek Gunn. This is about, someone or people in the NovaCare complex that are doubting Jalen Hurts. And for the record, everyone should have their doubts about him. Has he proven himself as a franchise quarterback yet, as a long-term solution yet? No, I actually see the situation, I think, similar to how the Eagles see the situation, which is just as they looked at it last year, it's another audition for Jalen Hurts as to whether or not he can be the guy going forward. And he's going to have to be better than the incoming quarterback class. That's how the front office should be looking at it. But to go out of their way to try to put out some type of negative report about or incompletions and interceptions and sacks during seven-on-sevens, that just seems like it's somebody that's almost out to get Jalen Hurts as opposed to somebody that's like, hey, you know what? Let's see how this year plays out. It sounds like he might already have somebody that's not rooting for his best interest for the Philadelphia Eagles. All
3: right, Farzee, I'm going to make you look into your crystal ball, your football crystal ball for my hypothetical question. Okay. There are three scenarios that can play themselves out with the Philadelphia Eagles this year as it pertains to their starting quarterback. Number one, he's great. He jumps into the top 10 quarterbacks in the National Football League. The Eagles win 11, 12, 13 games. There's no questions asked. It probably happens in season. The Eagles give them that you kind of doubt, I kind of doubt, John kind of doubts. $35 or $40 million contract extension, but it happens. Right. Or Derek Gunn's source was right. The Eagles are petrified of Jalen Hurts and he gets off to a slow start and people are clamoring for the backup quarterback by week eight of this season. And we know that the Eagles are drafting a quarterback or going and finding a free agent quarterback easier said than done. Uh, But they are moving off Jalen Hurts going into the 2023 season. Or it's somewhere in the middle. And Jalen Hurts is kind of what he was last year, maybe slightly improved. A.J. Brown should make him a better quarterback, but he's not cracking the top 10. He's there in the middle, somewhere between 15 and 18 again this year. Then what did the Eagles do? Which of those three scenarios is most likely in your mind?
2: If you're betting on it with the most likely scenario, I think it's the middle scenario that you played out in terms of what will most likely happen. Uh, But I will not be surprised at all. If it is the other scenario, because middle of the road isn't going to cut it for Jalen hurts being terrible, obviously isn't going to cut it, but I wouldn't be surprised if that number one scenario happens where the quarterback of the future is already on your roster and his name is Jalen hurts, because if he is not better than what he was substantially (laughs) last year, with another year of Nick Sirianni's offense, with now A.J. Brown, with more experience from some of the young guys in the offensive line, uh, Dallas Goddard being your number one tight end, no Zach Ertz to move on from, all that stuff, and you're more stable with this offense. And this receiving core, Devontae Smith, another year older, if he's not substantially better, then it's a big step backwards for Jalen Hurts. But, again, I wouldn't be surprised if he does take the ball and chug it downfield and, and show that he's got the arm strength, but more importantly, the arm accuracy and takes individual steps forward and then obviously elevates his own game with what's around him. That is a likely scenario to play through, but I don't think it's the most likely scenario to play through. I think he has it in him. I think he has, I think he's the type of quarterback that has put the work into in the offseason. I think he's got a good head on his shoulders. I think the comfortability with Nick Sirianni's offense again for another year and the talent around him being better than what it was last year. I don't see a, re- a reason to really root against the guy certainly and I would see a reason why some people would bet on him already he just has to go out there this year and prove it are 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 the expectations
4: unrealistic when it comes to Jalen Hurts Mark when you know you talk about kind of the two camps and you know I think there's this thought process of can he turn into a top 10 quarterback or even a top five quarterback my Mm -hmm. answer to that would probably be no (laughs) <laughs> and I I don't think he has that ceiling as a player. The San Francisco 49ers have made two significant runs over the past 3 years with Jimmy Garoppolo. Mm-hmm. They were minutes away from winning a Super Bowl. Probably should have won that game. Uh last year a New Eagle if he intercepts Matt Stafford, they're going back to the Super Bowl. Uh all with Jimmy Garoppolo playing quarterback. And, oh, by the way, the year in between had more to do with Nick Bosa getting injured, or they probably would have made a deep run as well. And they had a number of other significant injuries.
3: Including Garoppolo missed time. Yeah.
4: Right. Long story short, but I don't care about Jimmy. <laughs> he's not He's not part of it. Right. But he's, he's a game manager. Uh, have we gotten too far into the all or nothing? I'd like to call it the Ricky Bobby rules. If you're not first, you're last. Uh, everybody's like, "We're not great, so you got to tear it. You got to go." What happened to the game manager? Why is that the dirtiest word in, in professional football or pipenated word?
2: Uh, because it's it's not easy to play quarterback in the NFL, but I don't think it's ever been easier to play quarterback in the NFL than it is right now. So it's like game managers don't cut it anymore. And I know a lot of people when they think a game manager, one of the first people they think of is Eli Manning. And Eli Manning won two Super Bowls as a game manager. Now he did ball out in a lot of those games and it was pretty incredible being the Patriots and all that stuff. But I think people think of Eli Manning when they think of game manager. I think Jalen Hurts can be better than a game manager because in all sincerity, I mean, we have one full season of him as the starting quarterback of this team to evaluate. And if he has put in that work in the offseason, if he's been out there working on his mechanics and he's working with Tom House and he's got the better weapons around him and again, familiarity with the system, if you don't see a big leap forward for all those reasons in his second year as a starter for the Eagles, then yeah, uh, John, I'll be right there with you and say that he will never be a top 10 quarterback, never even be a top 15 quarterback in the NFL. He'll only be a game manager that has the ability to maybe make some insane big play, either with his legs or you know be able to hit a guy on a slant if he's accurate enough to do that and be, that guy be able to take it 60 yards for a touchdown. I think this is the year we're going to find out a lot because all the talk, From Jalen Hurts, from the Eagles, from Eagles players that want to defend him. Uh, Because if you want to look at one thing that's a positive about the uh, Derek Gunn report was how quickly a guy like A.J. Brown jumped to the defense of his quarterback and friend. So that's a big thing. So if this year plays out and he only takes a little step forward with the work ethic that's supposed to be great, and I believe in that, the talent that's supposed to be so much better than what he had a year ago, then that's almost a step backwards. I mean, that's a, if you're not first, you you're last type of of scenario for Jalen Hurts. So I think it's got to be that major step forward considering the circumstances around him and what's at stake. Because again, I go back to it, as I did many times throughout last year, it's not about just Jalen Hurts right now. It's about him beating, not just Gardner Minshew or anybody else behind him on the depth chart. It's about him being better than the incoming quarterback class, which I got, as you guys know, is supposed to be pretty damn good next year.
3: And Farzee, I'll use the uh, adjective that you use, substantially better. Mm -hmm. That's what we're going to be debating all year. Is he a little bit better? Is he significantly? Is he substantially better? That's what the debate's going to come down to, and we'll all have our opinion on it as we crunch the numbers. All right. um, Two guys, keys to the Philadelphia Eagles this year. How much pressure are they under? Knowing full well, in most situations, there's more pressure on one than the other. Just because of the position they have. Nick Sirianni andor Jonathan Gannon. <laughs> Who's under more pressure this year? Uh Nick Sirianni. Because John, it's amazing. Because he's the, the head coach. Because well,
2: here's no. the thing: Jonathan Gannon, top 10 defense last year, and a lot of people forget about that because there was, like, there was yeah. no turnovers, there's like no sacks and all this stuff. And I remember talking to Steven Nelson last year, talking to me about and he told me about how Jonathan Gannon had a genius scheme. Genius was the word used because it's all about not allowing, first off, recognizing the personnel that you have and then not allowing the big play. Okay. And that worked to the Eagles' advantage, especially towards the end of last season. But when people talk about pressure and Jonathan Gannon, I don't think he had a great year by any means as his first year as a defensive coordinator. But think about this. Even without a great year, this guy is getting head coaching conversation already. Three, three like, interviews. It's, it's amazing. Like, hey, look, I got nothing against uh, Jonathan Gannon. I found out we buy our gelato at the same store, so go nice. figure. But this guy, what pressure? I just feel like certain people are looked at as all of a sudden the golden boy. This guy, like, oh, you're so lucky to get Jonathan Gannon as your defensive coordinator. He's going to be great. And then there's a lot of sputtering out of the gate. There's a lot of struggles. Second half of the season. We could all talk about how easier the schedule, how much easier the schedule was in the second half of the year. But bottom line is, they performed as a defense, and a lot of credit goes to him. But immediately after that, he gets the head coaching interviews. You mentioned the three right there, John. I don't think he has pressure. I think the NFL, for whatever reason, loves Jonathan Gannon. I think the yeah, NFL. Wait, here's will love him. here's, oh, here's ahead,
3: where here's where you're not counting in the pressure, Farsi. Okay. When you get. Head coaching interviews. Uh-huh. You're expected to come back the next year and be a defensive genius. Mm-hmm. You were thought highly enough to get an interview for a head coaching job. Mm-hmm. Now you come back to a middle of the pack defense. What the hell happened, Jonathan Gannon?
2: Well, I don't think you're going to have a middle of the pack defense. I mean, would you rather walk into the walk into the season with what you
3: had last year or what you yeah. have this year? So That's again, I, I think, mean, they, yeah. they've upgraded the talent. Mm-hmm. What happens so, if the defense is? Not substantially better, to use a part of word, than they were last year. I expect (laughs) (laughs) substantially better out of the Eagles defense. If they don't get that, doesn't that portray uh, Jonathan Gannon pretty damn poorly?
2: Yeah, but I think the biggest decision that goes as to why I think more pressure is on Nick Sirianni is because if you're the play caller last year and then you decide – all you need to do during the week is not all you do because it is a lot of work. I'm not. I don't want to disparage that, but <clears throat> if you go through the week and all you're going to be doing is your game planning and you're not going to be calling plays on game day, you're taking pressure off of yourself and you're putting it on Shane Steichen. I just think Jonathan Gannon is looked at as almost he's Teflon by other NFL organizations, maybe even including the Eagles organization as a whole. So I look at Nick Sirianni as the guy that has a lot more pressure on him. Even though he's trying to push off some of the responsibility on him for whatever reason, Jonathan Gannon is is looked at with Disney glasses, I yes. guess. And well, Farsi, different, yeah.
4: Now, farzy, if you were in line with him to get gelato, he's gonna win you over in that but uh, those five minutes. No, not, so, I don't know. He went
2: pistachio. He went pistachio. I'm not a big right. pistachio guy. Not good. No. Not good.
4: <laughs> now, here's the thing with JG. Bottom line, and Jody said substantially better. Well, you're top 10. All right, maybe you go to five. I think they're going to be better. Hassan Reddick, uh, Jordan Davis, James Bradbury, Kaiser White, N'Kobe Dean. If you want to throw Chiquiski Tart in there as well, how could they not be better? But here's the deal, Farsi. This is Philadelphia. You gotta get sacks. Yeah. Now, if Eagles fans were already so upset about JG, if they heard him talk about sacks behind the scenes, they would they would lose their freaking minds. He does not give a flying you know what mm. about sacks. Him and, and Nick Sirianni, turnovers, which they didn't have enough of, stopping explosive plays. Those are the two things they want to do. Mm. Eagles were very very good at stopping explosive plays. Now you got to tighten it up a little bit too much soft coverage, but he could have the 20th ranked defense Mark. And if they have 50 sacks, Eagles fans will be happy. (laughs) It makes no sense
2: to me. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're out for blood and, and sacks are a way to get after blood. Now here's the thing. There is a, there's a happy medium between the two parties, one, the Philadelphia Eagle fan base. And then obviously the Eagles and what Jonathan Gannon wants to do. Uh, I think this upcoming year, I don't think there's going to be more sacks that are dialed or excuse be more blitzes that are dialed up or anything like that. But I think we're going to have something closer to what we saw under Jim Schwartz because Jim Schwartz wasn't dialing up blitzes left and right. He had a nine that kept pressure on the quarterback quite routinely without having to dial up a blitz. I think with guys like um, uh, Jordan Davis in the middle of the line, obviously having Fletcher Cox there as well, Brandon Graham being back, Josh Schwett looked like he was coming into his own a little bit, and of course Hassan Reddick being back there now, I think you're going to get inherently more pressure on the quarterback without dialing up the blitzes that so many people, myself included. John, we spoke after every game last year. I wanted more blitzes. I think you're going to overall get more pressure, maybe not by way of the blitz, but simply by way of having better personnel beat uh, win their one-on-one matchups on the defensive side of the football. If you're able to do that, you're going to guess what? Force those turnovers because you're going to force guys into mistakes. Like when they play the Giants, you can force Daniel Jones into mistakes, and it's not that hard to do so. That's what I want to see more of from Jonathan Gannon, be able to force a quarterback into making a mistake, force a a running back into fumbling that football. When they were able to do that last year and get the the scooping scores or the pick sixes from uh, Darius Slay, the the scooping score they had against the Denver Broncos last year with Davion Taylor, like those are all plays that he started, Davion Taylor started rather. Those are all things that I think Jonathan Gannon's defense in the upcoming year with better personnel can force an offense into more turnovers by getting that type of pressure.
3: Here's where I can stand by my – need-to-be-substantially-better-defensively uh, uh, statement going into this year. The NFL has forever, a long time, used yards per game as the rankings. Where right. are you ranked defensively? I absolutely believe points allowed per game is better than that. Certainly, There are different scenarios whereby certain things happen that can slant it a little way with either of those two stats. But if you ask me which one is a better judgment of an overall defense. I would say points against more so than yards per game. The Eagles were in the bottom half of the league last year uh, mm-hmm. at points against. So that's room for improvement. That's where Jonathan think think John said, well, they were 10th. Could they get all the way up to fifth? I'll look more at points against points scored against than I will yards per. And yeah, I expect the Eagles go from the bottom half to the top third in the league. Do you think yeah. that's unfair? I don't think
2: it's unfair because I actually I agree with you. I've always looked more so at points per game than I have at yards because you could have you could be allowing yards all day, but if you you know uh, you know really close it down in the red zone, you got a great red zone defense, then I think you're a little bit better than another team that's just allowing a yards because they don't look up at the scoreboard at the end of the game and say, oh, they allowed more yards, so they win. No, it's all about the points. So I agree right. with you there. And no, with the personnel, with some changes, with maybe being a little bit more aggressive with the personnel that you have if you do dial up a blitz i got a lot more confidence that those guys getting home and one of the things i loved about both the kobe dean and hassan reddick when they officially became eagles was they both said just let me go out there and play football let me go out there and do the things that i know i can do to help this team win and if you uh you know take the uh, take the handcuffs off these guys and let them go run up and down a football field they're gonna make plays for you they're gonna make turnovers happen. And that's how this defense can take those big steps forward, those substantial steps forward going into next season.
4: Yeah, uh, and, and to Jody's point, believe me, Jonathan Gannon, even more so Jim Schwartz, that's all they talk about. They don't care about anything else except points scored. So they look at it that way as well. But I do think it's fair to point out that, you know, the Eagles rank second in the NFL in yards allowed per play. Uh with that direct of talent they had on defense last year. Ninth and fewest 75-yard touchdown drives, Um you know, lack of ex- explosive plays allowed. They were third. Um Those are, those are good signs for a defense that has a, an infusion of talent. I mean, they did not have a lot of talent last year. So when people start looking at Jonathan Gannon say, why are people interviewing? Why is Denver interviewing Houston, Minnesota? Why are they interviewing? That's why Mm -hmm. they look at that defense and they say, what the hell? He doesn't have much. And all of a sudden he's putting together a little bit of smoke and mirrors. Now you have a son, Reddick, James Bradbury, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. It should be better to what Jody stated. But I'm not sure how much better because it was pretty good last year. Mm. I think people don't recognize that because of the lack of sacks. Now, I I oh, kind of yeah, spin this yeah, off in my bottom next Bottom half season. of the league's
3: bottom half of the league.
4: Yes, but, you know, when you talk about points allowed, again, you have to put that context, Jody, because, you know, the offense ineffectiveness, where are they starting, the Eagles kick return game. We talk about Michael Clay, I mean, they, had the worst cup. they were bottom five in return and coverage, so they were behind the eight ball as far as uh, length of field, that kind of thing. That's why you look at these contextual stats. But I want to talk about Jordan Davis because I talk about this all the time, Mark. This to me, and I use the word esoteric, he's going to be an esoteric player. He's going to be dominant, but it's not going to be on the stat sheet. Because oh. of where... He was drafted. Is that going to be acceptable to the fan base? Are they going to realize what they're seeing? In other words, if Jordan Davis is, is taking up two or three blockers and that allows Hassan Reddick to get loose for a sack, or that allows N'Kobe Dean to what he did at Georgia, do what he did at Georgia. Our fans going to recognize Jordan Davis's impact.
2: Uh, Yes, I think they will. Um, I think we live in an era now where a lot of fans are watching the game film that's available through NFL Game Pass. And I think people pay so much attention, more so I think than ever, to the way defensive lines plays, whether it be zero technique, whether it be wide nine, whatever it might be. I think people are focused in on that more so. I think the thing that hurt Fletcher Cox the most last year was, what was it, after the Raiders game where he talked about how he, d- he doesn't get paid to stop the run, he gets paid to get after the quarterback. I think that reflected real negative on him. But I think with Jordan Davis, people are looking for that fresh start and him to take over for Fletcher Cox. And I think if they do run a lot of what they were able to run at Georgia, and you're able to see Jordan Davis and you're able to see Nicobe Dean do exactly what you said by running through that hole almost like a lot, uh, running back would on the offensive side of things, and you see Nicobe Dean being able to make those plays and they end in sacks or they end in tackles for loss, and Jordan Davis is the reason they're having that, then I think a lot of people are going to be focused on Jordan Davis because he will be taking up those those uh, those double teams. And I think you're going to have enough assets at your disposal where if you have Jordan Davis taking up two guys in the middle of the line of scrimmage, and then that's allowing Josh Sweat to get off the edge, or that's allowing Hassan Reddick to get off the edge as well, or Jacoby Dean, as you mentioned, come right up the middle, then I think a lot of people are going to be focused on what Jordan Davis is able to do. It's one thing that I think, As Fletcher Cox's career has gone on, I think he set a high bar by getting after the quarterback. And when those stats went away, I think that's where people thought his production was just flat out going away. But I think with Jordan Davis, he's going to have an opportunity in his career to do both. And I think people will notice that.
3: All right. uh, I'm giving you an over-under of two and a half. Sacks by Derek Barnett this year. going (laughs) over or under?
2: Uh, I'm going under. I had zero confidence in derek Barnett uh, no i I'm going under two and a half sacks
3: all right under why, two and a... why is he back on his team
2: <laughs> fourth uh... I, don't, I don't know but I love the question I, they just yeah. like they like they they feel like right. they can get more out of that first round ra- that, that that you know number that first round pick uh the the falling on the fumble that uh, Brandon graham created in the Super Bowl of Tom Brady I don't know they just feel like they can they could still get more out of him and I don't know why
3: so the they Eagles are going to sign him for the 2027 season because he fell on the fumble in the Super Bowl in 2000. How long does he get to continue uh, living his NFL dream because he fell on the fumble in the Super Bowl? It's my only question. Here's my one concern. And uh, John, thank you for letting me get this in. Here's one thing that scares me a little bit about the Philadelphia Eagles they talk a lot about leadership and hard work and putting in the effort. And being a professional, and that's—it's never a bad thing, but I think from time to time they overemphasize it. They—they they can't say enough glowing things about Jalen Hurts and the work ethic he had and the leadership that he shows. Yet they're looking for other quarterbacks, and Derek Barnett. We're good, great to have Derek Barnett back. He's been such a professional. He's a up Two sacks last year. At uh, some point. You need to prioritize production and skills over leadership and hard work. I'm not bad-mouthing hard work. I think hard work every single day of the week. Mm -hmm. But when you start to put that above what guys actually have as far as skills and production, I think you could be heading down a a sticky road. Uh, Yeah.
2: yeah. Uh, Hey, I value work ethic as, as much as the next guy. But when you've had a couple of years at it and the production's not there hey, we, we love the fact that you're working at this really hard, but we need production is the bottom line. And if you're working this hard and it's still not paying off, that's actually more of an indictment than anything that you're just not maybe ready for that spot. Yeah. And I think Derek Barnett's an example of that. And oh, yeah, all the good things in the world, which, hey, maybe he goes somewhere else and he puts it together and somebody else knows how to use them. And he doesn't have to deal with injuries or a stigma of being a, a first round pick or anything like that. I just don't think that's where it happens here in Philadelphia. Well, I do think, yeah, it's
4: kind of like a red flag. Mark, in that, like nobody talks about AJ Brown's work ethic. Look at the guy, right? He he obviously, you know, works pretty hard, but nobody talks about it because he's good. They talk about his his game first. When they start talking about your work ethic, your intangibles, and we go back to the quarterback, but Derek Barnett, other players as well. You know, you start to say, why, why are you going to that first? Because <laughs> typically when we talk about Aaron Rodgers, we're not talking about his work ethic. No. We're talking about his arm talent, his ability to place the football. Patrick Mahomes is all platform stuff, uh, all that kind of stuff. Um when the Eagles and Nick Sirianni, specifically, I'll take it back to the head coach. Um, when 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 they play up Stuff like that, are they signaling something saying, all right, we 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 got to get better at this position?
2: Um, I, I think as long as it's a young, unproven player, because I still think Jalen Hurts is young, I still think he's unproven. I think it's you gotta bring up his work ethic. Um, and I'll use an example in another sport, and it did not work out well here in Philadelphia. Early on in the Ben Simmons era, seeing him in the offseason working out and shooting oh, degrees, no. And yeah. all that, I'm like, good for this guy. He's working out. He's working on what we're all yelling and screaming about. It never came to fruition because it was all just smoke and mirrors. But I think you have a lot more guys with Jalen Hurts. Again, the guys that jumped to defend Jalen Hurts about a negative report coming yeah. out, and we talked about it earlier with Derek Gunn, that to me speaks more volumes than any coach saying something sweet and nice about his quarterback because that falls in the category of, well, what's he going to say? He's a lazy SOB and he doesn't want to work. No, that's not. that's not going to help anybody. But when other players come out and talk about the work ethic, talk about how Jalen Hurts demands respect, at this young age and level of inexperience, I think it's very important to lay that out there because that means when he shows up for training camp and they go to those joint practices and then the season eventually starts, all it does is let you know he's doing everything in his power to reach his full potential. And I think that's why it's relevant for a younger guy and an inexperienced guy like Jalen Hurts more so than it is for a guy like Derek Barnett. I want to know that they're putting in the work in the off season to reach their full potential.
3: All right. Last one for me, Farzee. And shame on you. The fact that you didn't pick up that it was some high school gym out in California that Ben Simmons was working
6: <laughs>
2: against other high
3: school kids. Yeah. yeah we were we all even picked up on that one far I thought, I, thought <laughs> like I
2: thought they were middle schoolers. Who knew?
3: Uh, high school, middle school. Yeah. <laughs> How about playing against pick on kids your own size? Anyway. Um, Eagles post game show this year, if it's done on remote, who is the one guy you don't want to sit next to during a break because you know they're just going to be eating? You don't want to sit next to this guy because the elbows come out and or she. I don't want to leave Devin out of this conversation. Um, You just want no part of being near them because they're going to be excited about being on the air. And their answer is to eat as much as humanly possible.
2: Ooh, okay. So Derek Gunn is much more protective of food that he's made, like food he's grilled. Like, for instance, I I can't even be certain that he's grilled food because no one I know outside his family have ever sampled this food. So he's more likely to protect food he made. So I'd rather sit next to him because he didn't make the food at, like, Ocean Casino, for instance. Now, if Gary Cobb is involved... If G Cobb is involved, I'm just taking a step back, probably putting caution tape around him and then just making sure he has. And I might have to wear like chainmail gloves like knights in the medieval times just to make sure I don't lose a finger if I reach for a fry or something. But other than that, that that's probably the guy I would try to avoid. Uh,
4: G- just say you want to sit next to Devin. It's easy. <laughs> can G-Cop can eat. That's
3: uh, yeah, good point. By well,
2: God. every time I see Devin now, she's chugging beers on the old TV. Yeah, yeah I yeah. that her on Come social on. media. And I hit her up after that last one. That was pretty much empty. That yeah. was pretty much empty, that beer. You ain't fooling me none. No, yeah, I him. wonder
4: I wonder how Devin gets picked out
3: of the crowd all the time. Oh, I'm, yeah. I'm shocked that happened. Yeah, it's, 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 I don't get yeah. picked out like that. Yeah. What the hell, guys? Come on. Yeah. They're, they're a tremendous cameramen all throughout the Delaware Valley, and they find <laughs> Devin Caney pretty easily. Uh, Farzee, a pleasure. Good to catch up with you, brother. Same uh, to you, man. Looking forward to listening to you this uh, year, coming up with the birds as well here on the Jacob Media YouTube channel. Thanks for jumping on with us today. We'll get you on before the season starts.
2: Sounds good. Jody, John, thanks for having me on, guys. Great catching up with you guys.
3: Thanks, is, Mark. Uh, Appreciate it, And, uh, yes, he is as follically challenged on top of his head as either McMullen or I. I don't know if he's using a little of that hair club for men stuff, but he's still got the dark stash and and goatee. Yeah, dark. I
4: can't go that route, man. My wife would yell
3: at me. She says it looks stupid. So I'm go. way too lazy yeah. to do that more than anything else. If Farsi's got the upkeep on that, I don't know if that's all natural, but damn, still looks good on mm-hmm. him. All right, McMullen and McDonald coming back. We need to put a bow on the show. Keep it right here on Birds Three Sixty Five.
6: I'm dunk champion. Really? <laughs> yes, really. Don't sound so surprised. Let's see it. Oh, you're ready. All right. Here we go. Let's hear the crowd. So go to writer, Go to look. fake a Mama. Mama, go. Oh, mama,
7: She did it. Again?
8: You can't avoid gravity, but United Healthcare can help you avoid financial surprises by helping you compare costs and doctor quality ratings. United Healthcare.
7: Uh huh.
3: 365 with Mac Uh, Thanks to Mark Quadretta and Mike Gill, two good Philly guys uh, talking heavy Eagles with us here today. I want to jump outside the Eagles for just a second to, to wrap up the show today. And it has to do with football broadcasting news. Don't know if you saw this, John, but your boy, Randy Moss, is out as part of the Monday night countdown on ESPN replaced by rg3 who i gotta admit i saw him do some broadcast work over the past year and i said hey he's not bad um i was actually uh impressed with the the way that he handled himself in a couple of different roles this past year but i gotta tell you john i am just flat out shocked that they would take randy moss off that show. Um, I, I catch it on Sunday mornings. I go back and forth, but doing a couple of them, but ESPNs is always first. Well, no, I guess the NFL network starts early too. Used to be ESPN had that to themselves before there was ever an NFL network. They would always start early and everybody else. So you put it on, you leave it on. You could end up watching three straight hours of pregame stuff on ESPN. Um, I, I kind of like Rex cause he was the Jets head coach at one point. Um, so I, and, uh, the, 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 they had good chemistry on that show and they're taking Moss off. I can't... What is going to happen to You Got Moss? Yeah. How can that show exist without You Got Mossed? Yeah, I really like the part... show, and I like the people on it, but I got so effing tired of You Got Moss. Are they just casting that aside, much like uh, one of the most talented wide receivers ever played a game? Yeah. I don't... You know,
4: that... Uh... I it supposedly it was voluntary. I don't know if that means Randy is getting another job. Um, yeah. I used to like Chris Carter used to do. Come on, man. Be before Randy did. Uh, you got mossed. Uh, yeah. do so you older. think
3: they're gonna create another similar type? Uh, nah, I hope not. You can't do it. Phrase.
4: What What are you gonna do with RG three? You got. You got juke. You got or- wrecked. You got juked for one season uh, before I ripped up my knee. I don't, I, you know, Randy's a hall of famer. Um, Yeah. I don't know. You lose some cachet, but I'm a little surprised because RG three, you know, is in the rip and Dan Snyder business. And as you know, we always say, if you're a partner with the owners, um, yeah. And ESPN is a little bit of a surprise to me, but maybe Randy just didn't want to do it. Who knows how they, maybe Amazon just got a bigger check. Who knows? And we'll probably I, hear something.
3: Didn't I just see that RG three still thinks he can play?
4: Uh, probably. Yeah. I mean, um, he was, he was a hell of a player too, as a rookie people forget. And he, he was in the playoffs. He got hurt in the playoffs. Such a shame Tore his ACL and his LCL. That was the uh, that was the Carson Wentz injury, and and that was why I was concerned with Joe Burrow last year. That you know the Joe Burrow season, coming off a torn ACL and an LCL, people are going to be talking about that for years. I mean, that has been a devastating injury for people prior to Joe Burrow, and he was able to come back right away and play at that level and get that team to the Super Bowl. That is, that is an amazing,
3: amazing feat. No, I remember the guy we had on who said, beware, Joe Burrow. I think it was that, that was Mike Tannenbaum. Tannenbaum came yeah. on our show and said, I, I loved Burrow coming out of college, but you, you get those quarterbacks with those lower body injuries and they're just never the same again. He did throw that caution flag up there. Joe Burrow kind of spit in Mike Tannenbaum's face and said, Oh yeah, I'll show you about me bouncing back from this injury. You're right, he had a phenomenal season going to the Super Bowl last year with the Bengals. All right, Dan McMahon, good job today. Um, we got one already in the bag for tomorrow. Mike Tanya gonna join us tomorrow.
4: Uh Mike, yeah. Mike's gonna be on early, I believe, eight
3: twenty. So Ooh. football outsiders, little little Mike Tanya talk. So we had two homeboy Philly guys today and Gil and Farzetta. We'll have a national guy tomorrow, probably a second guest. Uh, we need you guys here today. And who's the guy who always pimps me at 8 o'clock? Is Jordy Mac up yet? you will be here tomorrow, I guarantee you, on the stream. Uh, thanks to all you guys who streamed the way it is today. John McMullen, Jordy McDonald, we'll be back in 2 and 2.
1: You've been listening to Birds 365. <laughs> on Birds 365.
8: Why pay more for a separate CoQ10 supplement? Enjoy twice the benefits with Superbeats Heart Choose Advanced. From the number one doctor, pharmacist, and cardiologist recommended beat brand for heart health support, the new Superbeats Heart Choose Advanced by Human is now infused with CoQ10. That's essentially like getting CoQ10 for free.